You're listening to a podcast brought to you by Trowers Includes, international law firm Trowers and Hamlin's diversity and inclusion program. Hello, my name is Yutunde Dania, and I'm a partner at Trowers and Hamlin Solicitors, and I'm extremely passionate about diversity and inclusion. This podcast is to follow a podcast that I recorded last year with my fellow partner, Amadeep Gill. That was recorded just after the brutal murder of George Floyd. We are now some 12 months on, and I'm excited to be joined by another fellow partner, Andy Barnard. And we're going to reflect over the last 12 months and particularly look at the role and the impact of allyship. So, Andy, welcome. Can you tell me just a little bit about yourself, please? Yeah, sure. So Andy Barnard, I'm 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 a partner at Trowers as well. I've been at Trowers a long time actually. Um Trowers and Hamlin's man and boy. I uh, I, I started work there in 1998 straight out of university. Um and I've been doing real estate work ever since. I work for housing associations an awful lot doing uh, affordable housing. And more recently, anything sort of residential, so bits of student housing and bits of build to rent. But that's my my sort of professional life. And I've been sort of lucky enough to make my way through the ranks at Trowers. So I, I, I joined the partnership in 2007. Nowadays, I look after the finances for all of the real estate department which has become a a very big beast nowadays we've got over 200 people in the in the real estate team nowadays so i'm i'm the finance partner for 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 the real estate team and i've very recently joined the firm's management committee so that's that's the equivalent of of our our exec and but that's that's a new one for me i'm just just learning the ropes at the moment um, so yeah, I've been been with Trowers a long time already, and uh, thoroughly expect to carry on at Trowers for a long time to come. And many congratulations on your achievement. So, Andy, growing up, did you really have any contact or relationships with people from a black and minority ethnic background? And um, what was your experience growing up? So my experience was growing up in uh, South Cheshire. Um, so I, I, I grew up and went to school close to a little town called Nantwich. Most people haven't heard of Nantwich. Some people have heard of Crewe because there's a whopping growing train station there and everyone goes through Crewe on the train station. So that was that was very close. And I did ordinary state um, primary school and I went to the uh, local comprehensive secondary school in Nantwich. Uh, and I you know, kind of stayed there all the way through until sort of you know, done, done A-levels and going off to university. It was a, obviously I didn't really realise this at the time, but it, 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 it wasn't an environment which gave me hardly any exposure I would say to you know anyone from you know um, either black or uh, or minority ethnic communities at all. Yeah. If I think back, the school, even the secondary school, must yeah. have been you know probably ninety eight percent plus from you know what what you would call white British um, extraction. Yeah. So as a young person, virtually nothing actually. Obviously, that then changed over over the years. You know, I, I I did university in Nottingham with a bit in Copenhagen, as well. 
and definitely became more exposed to people from different uh, different backgrounds via that but i think i think probably still my 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 greatest sort of experience and, and proportion sort of day to day of you know um of meeting and working with with people from different backgrounds has has actually been since i started work professionally and you know, certainly an awful lot of our clients um from the housing association side were um were from different backgrounds and and, and still are so yeah they kind of built from there yeah, that's really interesting, Andy, because I can relate to what you've said in terms of your childhood, because I don't know if you know, I was fostered as a child by white foster parents, and I spent most of my life in Norfolk, um, so Royal Norfolk in the 80s. So I share that experience because when I was growing up, obviously I had contact with my natural parents, but my day-to-day life was mm-hmm. very much, it didn't, I, you know, I wasn't really reflected city or um no rural norfolk rural norfolk as well um, but but the 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 one thing that that taught me i think um my my foster parents were very very special and they sort of told me that i could be anything that i wanted to be as long as i put my mind to it and, and worked hard and so it was really interesting as well when i went to university i guess that's when i had my real first exposure to people from diverse backgrounds on a day-to-day basis Mm. and you know there was things like the African Caribbean society and so on and I think that's when I first started sort of my journey on sort of understanding my my true background so to speak in terms of I guess the place where society put me within society so yeah it's quite interesting that I can relate to what you've just said but when we were talking about doing this podcast I mean we had a really great conversation that I was I was like I wish we could press record now we were talking about your children and they and the questions that they were started asking you in 2019 so I get that you you work with people from diverse communities and some of your clients are from diverse communities but it must have been a really interesting moment when your your children started asking you questions I mean what happened what what was your experience at that time so I think that this was a product of Black History Month actually Mm -hmm. so that's in October each year and so my at the time my son Tom was in the local primary school in Kentish Town, not not far from where we live, just five minutes up the road. And you know, as with a lot of you know state primary schools in London, that's that was a a, a pretty sort of diverse sort of place, and and was the better for it, quite frankly. But yeah, they obviously you know talking to the, to the kids about what what they're doing and what they're what they're learning about. And you know, I I started picking up that they were they were learning about things that I hadn't. So you know, kids always learn about Florence Nightingale. And, you know, and that kind of thing. But Tom started talking about a lady called Mary Sequel. And, and I had no idea who Mary Mary Sequel was. So that was interesting. And I kind of, you know, I, I was learning little bits from, from what they were picking up on as well. And then Charlotte, in Charlotte's school, she's in a, you know, her house they have houses you know it's a bit like hogwarts not quite uh, but uh, um but she's in a house for that's um connected with rosa parks 
Um, so again, she she learned about uh, the story around uh, around Rosa Parks at school as well, and you know something more that 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 I was learning about. So I I really kind of got the impression and the feeling from a good point of view that actually you know the kids were were learning much more about Black history in particular than certainly I knew and had ever been taught. So I sort of, you know, started building a, a, a little bit of a, an interest as, as a result of that and talking talking to the kids and just enjoying what they were doing. Tom's got a bit of a disability, so he um, focuses on that at some point as well. And um, and the class had a, uh, a little bit of a relationship that they built over social media with um, Adia Depitam as well um, yeah. really nice he's a lovely chap yeah. um, and they were kind of swapping messages and you know he, they were explaining what they what they were doing to raise money and, and that kind of thing which was which was really nice what kind of sort of took me on to another stage with it I think is that I think it was probably I'm just trying to think what the the original thing which which sort of got it going but I think it was so one of the parents in Tom's class one of the mothers is a, a, a black mother and it was black history month and she sort of you know you have whatsapp groups for for the class and that kind of thing and she sent some messages around you know, essentially saying that nobody had spoken to her about it and how that was upsetting her and and obviously everyone kind of you know responded as as you'd expect and just you know in a kind of a you know an apologetic sort of way and oh no this you know, that's yeah, we, we we obviously should. But at that point, I sort of thought to myself, I'm not actually really understanding why it is that she raised that and why why she felt that she wanted to raise that in that kind of and you know because it's that sort of feeling of oh yeah, there's a whole bunch of people who are you know all kind of North London sort of lot who kind of always regard themselves as doing the right thing mm-hmm. and certainly not in any way being a racist and. And I thought, well, I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm missing something here. I'm missing, I'm missing some links. And I can't remember why I came to it, but I think I was just in the local bookshop, and I noticed that the very striking cover of I, I, I'm never sure how to pronounce the lady's la- name, but Rennie Edder Lodge, yeah. and why I'm never talking, not talking to, and then the white in in white people anymore about race. And uh, so I, I picked up that book. And we were at this point in the middle of lockdown, so you know I had a bit uh, a bit of time on my hands, and and so yeah, I I read that from from cover to cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that really kind of brought home some things to me that I had never reflected on. Um, that was an interesting stage. Sorry, yeah. I've done. No, that's fine. I mean, it's a really striking read, and I I started mm-hmm. reading it, and I, I I admit, Andy, I had to put it down because I just said this is talking about my everyday kind of life. I can't I can't read this yeah. anymore. But you've you, you said that you were reading that in the middle of lockdown, and then we have the br- brutal murder of George Floyd. So having started that kind of conversation with yourself, I mean, how did that play out for you? How did it make you feel? What kinds of conversations were you having at that time? Yeah, it was right in the middle of lockdown, sort of, you know, most really, really the full on bit, wasn't it, from from our point of view? And it was, you know, so obviously we were all in the pressure cooker of our of our own homes and our own the outlet, generally speaking, was, you know, just phone calls and Zoom calls and, and that kind of thing. 
but remember seeing the footage and, and reading about it, especially in the in the newspapers, mm-hmm. and obviously just being absolutely horrified by what on earth had happened and you know how could this happen and yeah you know, especially you know given it was in an open public environment with lots of people there and you just think oh my goodness thinking about what i've been reading you it was obvious that there was someone there who was exercising a a a right to behave in a in a certain way that they thought that they had mm. That was obviously completely and utterly wrong. You know, we saw over the over the weeks and the months that then followed protests and you know the and the other activities supporting again Black Lives Matter movement. And you know, you began to see as you kind of were allowed out of the house to do your your once uh, once a day exercise. You know, the signs in the windows weren't just save nhs and thank you nhs there was there was blm um signs up in the windows as well you you, I, you can't really say there's something good coming out of it because you never ever want something that horrendous to happen there was a momentum building thinking about okay this is something which people need to pay attention to and do something about and no matter how good we think we have been to this point we have clearly not got this right yeah and we need to do something about it yeah and I think we had our AGM in 2020 and tell me about the AGM so the AGM of our of our equity partners and you know obviously conducted in a in a completely different way than it has been in any any previous years, all done in this sort of Zoom format. And as ever, we were all kind of you know getting used to Zoom for the first time. So it was, you know, conversations are always slightly more staid, particularly when you've got a very big group, because it's more of a kind of you know a presentation rather than a um, rather than a conversation, just because it's, you're not all sitting round round a table. So the agenda, yeah, we, we, we got through the sort of the, the normal agenda of signing off the, the finances and looking to the year ahead and you know, all of the normal kind of day to day business. And I thought about it in advance, and I, I had mentioned to our senior partner at the time, who's Jenny, Jenny Gubbins, that I would want to raise diversity in the context of you know, what had happened over the course of the previous few months. And, and so that's what I did. Jenny was immediately very positive about me doing so. So, you know, I, uh, which wasn't a surprise, but she said, yeah, just, yeah, okay, just raise that and uh, any other business. So, yes, I, I, I did. And I, and I said, this isn't necessarily for a detailed discussion or anything now, but I, th- I, I think we should all recognize and, in particular, minute that we all know and understand you know what had happened earlier in the year and i was talking about the sort of issues about you know structural racism and that kind of thing which i had read about in many edo lodge's book but then i i referred also to the the events in america and didn't i must admit didn't didn't say too much more but at that point i just said you know i think 
we all ought to be considering more what we continue to do in the diversity arena, bearing in mind what's happened. And Helen spoke next, obviously very much in, in support of, of, of that point. And we were on the app any other business area so you know jenny just sort of said yeah well this is something that we are very much concentrating on some more we have done lots of work in the past on diversity issues of all sorts of different kinds but you know we we need to do more and and so she said she'd be coming back to us as a as a senior equity partnership what was going to be happening next from that, my point of view that was that was the agm done and finished and uh, i kind of you know got on with the whatever the next bit of the day job was i can't remember what what, what it was yeah Early, that- i you know around the time that george floyd was murdered we were running a, a series of firm-wide presentations i don't know if you remember um and i was one of the panelists and it, it was myself and some of the um other equity um partners and from i'd been blogging prior to uh, george floyd's murder about a woman called amy cooper i won't you know talk about what she's done because it's not relevant so i was already in that space of being quite emotional and then george floyd was murdered and my phone was ringing off the hook and I think on the second day that we were present presenting I was exhausted you know in terms of the the weight I, I really felt the weight and colleagues were contacting me from other law firms and I felt that I, I needed to sort everybody's problems and I realized that I couldn't mm. and I spoke to I decided to ring up one of the equity partners and I expressed myself in a way that I kind of said to this person look I've not rehearsed it and it's not going to be pretty but can I just can I just say this because I need to get it off my chest and as I would have expected um, the person listened and said we're going to work to bring about change but I don't think that you actually know what you said actually made its way back to me in terms of what you said at the AGM and every time I think about it and I think you probably saw when you were talking about it just now I get extremely emotional because it was an expression of allyship that was so powerful in, in terms of its impact on me because it just demonstrated that you know Trowers is a firm that genuinely if I'm not represented in an environment there's somebody there that is going to raise it and it's so powerful because you know I've had a very successful legal career but I don't necessarily feel that you know people would have done that in the past so you know I really do thank you for that you know if you never do anything again and I know that's not not the case but that single act of allyship has had a profound effect and I talk about it often and I get as emotional as I just did every time I think about it Uh, the journey that we've been on over the 12 last 12 months has been really very real and the beauty about our firm is that we get diversity and inclusion and so I really felt that the firm really supported that shift in the lens for a moment to let's focus on the experience of our particularly our black colleagues Um, and so we we've gathered our data which I think from talking to my peers in other firms we were we were really quick off the mark to get our data because the data actually told us about the actual experience of black people going through the firm and so we now have our race action plan which 
it's amazing and there's going to be a, a meeting tomorrow of the of the partnership a firm-wide meeting to talk about our commitment to race equality and also to talk about our race action plan and yeah. but Andy what would you like the future to look like I mean it's this is a moment I think you you said it yourself it's it feels extremely different so what would you yeah. like to see in the future so in particular, as I sat on that Zoom call and obviously looked at all of the faces on, on the Zoom call and they're overwhelmingly white faces. It wasn't the reason why I was raising it. It was another reason why I thought it was important to begin to make sure that you know, there was someone raising the issue, you know, sort of having the voice in all of our settings around the firm. And I think it's really important to be actually aware in the first place of the structural racism issues and what creates those and and what we can try and do to address them and and make sure we're doing things like bearing in mind the existence of those issues when we're taking relevant decisions. that's clearly not every single decision that gets gets made around the firm, but the, there's so many decisions that are made when you know you sometimes you need to stop and and consider, in addition to all the other relevant aspects. You know, is there anything here that we we ought to be questioning ourselves on? I've I've done the the typical kind of online training in relation to things like unconscious bias. A, a, a couple of times but you really have to keep and stay aware of that kind of thing because it's you know, the names on the tin it, it is unconscious and if you're in constantly in an in an environment where you're all very similar then you don't expand your thinking and and, and one of the things which really occurred to me is you know whilst i'm i'm very proud and very pleased to have been at at Trower's kind of, you know, man and boy, as I, as, I, as I said, it also means that my experience has been slightly limited. And so I'm trying to make sure that when I, you know, when I do things and when I make decisions and things that I bear that in mind and try and bring in a more diverse understanding and approach. And because I think, I think that make, makes us hopefully a better place to work and hopefully we make better decisions as a result overall it's great you know we've, we've now got a you know our, our, our new senior partner Sarah's taken over from Jenny and I I know that you know she personally is very very focused on doing more in relation to this issue as well and, and I'm sure that's one of the things which is driving things like the, uh, the the event which we've which we've got tomorrow which you know I'm looking forward to tomorrow That'll be fun here where everything is now up to. But it's I'm sure what that's going to demonstrate is one of the things that I'm looking for is that we we maintain some degree of momentum. We don't forget why we're doing this. The big issues around structural racism don't just disappear overnight. It's it's gonna take an, an awfully long time. And whilst there are nearly a thousand people altogether that work trowers and, and, and that's what we could influence directly but you know we can also influence things from another aspects as well because you know we can obviously influence our own supply chain 
and you know we can also influence who we're working with so i'm sure that those are the, that some of the things that will be coming up tomorrow so that's very much trowers focused from my own point of view well i do my best to kind of talk to the kids and try and make sure that they have a slightly different experience than i had growing up same as you not that I, it was in any way a bad experience and I, and I and it was great but it, it wasn't a diverse experience and and therefore i didn't have a good understanding of what life could be like for someone um with a different background to me and I didn't have a good understanding of that. I you know, completely. So I'm I'm trying to help the kids understand. That. I mean, they're only young. They're only kind of nine and ten. So we've got a little way to go. But you know, we're getting beginning to get to the stage where we kind of you know we have the family dinners and you know little things come up and we're like, well, well, why do you think that, Charlotte? And why do you think that, Tom? So you know, it's there. And one thing for sure is. I mean, I, at the beginning, I talked about you know, Black History Month being um, you know, a really good influencer on on making sure their understanding of of history was better, and I think that is good to see. And I'm I, you know I th- I'm sure that you know uh, uh, schools and other educational establishments around the UK will will continue to do more on that and to broaden out. The education so people can understand a little bit more about the history of Britain for instance in relation to the slave trade which you know it certainly wasn't you know any kind of history that I learned um it was you know I did social and economic history and learned about crop rotations and that kind of thing which was fascinating and useful from its own point of view but you know it, it didn't it didn't give me a good understanding of, of, of the kind of thing that we're, we're talking about today. So I, I, you know, I mean, that's that's not in our hands. But you know, we can, from my point of view as a parent, I can certainly make sure that you know I'm I'm supporting you know my children's schools in in their their efforts to make sure that kind of subject matter is dealt with and given appropriate prominence on the on the curriculum. And then I think, you know, from, from my own perspective, it's just carrying on a little bit more with a bit more reading. Um, I know I'm asking you for you know, suggestions of things to read from time to time. I've got, I've got other books by my, by my bedside, which I'm kind of working my way through, which, you know, so I think having raised it originally as, you know, as in any other business item, it's, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not on the diversity committee at the moment i i was at one point but i'm i'm I, well you've probably heard from my list at the beginning i've got a fair few other jobs at the moment so i'm not on it at the moment but that's not to say that when i'm in the room um and we're making those kinds of decisions that you know i can i can bear in mind what i've learned and and try and apply it and i think that's all we could ask i think you're doing an amazing job it's about just being that guardian um and and you're doing it so well so i'd like to thank you so much for being so open and sharing so much of your experience with me today everybody i hope you found that really interesting thank you very much for listening thank you yesunday you have been listening to a podcast brought to you by trowers includes International law firm Trowers and Hamlin's Diversity and Inclusion Program. Find us at trowers.com forward slash Trowers Includes and join in the conversation on Twitter 
at Trowers, hashtag Trowers Includes, or find us on LinkedIn and Instagram.